is Friday, August the 11th, and you're listening to the Grains Matter Chatter podcast presented by Northcore Grains. I'm your host, Dolores Foster. I'm joined today by my co-host, Mr. Jeffrey Guy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everybody. Dolores, good to have you back. You I know, my really long time off. I, I missed one podcast, isn't that? It sure wasn't three weeks. I oh, know. yeah. It seemed like... It's, Forever a long time ago. I'm sure for you it felt that way, but for me it was, it. no, it could, it could have been longer for three weeks. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, Jeffrey, we uh, had quite the week. Uh, it seems to be uh, rain, wheat, question mark, what's going on. Markets this week, we thought we'd have a big USDA report today. We did have a big USDA report today, so what was the outcome? Well, last week when your dad was here with me, alias the big kahuna he uh everything was doom and gloom doom and gloom please tell me it's not still doom this week wasn't near as bad but it's the trend is still negative the trend is negative so we did have a usda report today so they they came out with some good data for the markets they decreased soybean yield and corn yield lower than what the average trade estimate was so you think that should be positive prices and soybeans. As soon as the data come out, like comes out at like 12 o'clock and 30 seconds, soybean prices jump. They went up, uh, they were, went up near $10 just in no time. And as, as fast as they went up, they came back down because the USDA keeps releasing data every second. Another little thing comes out, comes out. And the market just traded on, oh, the yield's lower than what they expected. So it's going up. And then it was like, oh, but stocks aren't quite as low as they, you would we think. Them to be. <laughs> and maybe something else isn't quite as bad. So anyhow, so they did decrease corn and soybean yields. Um, however, prices still went uh, down. So and they also, they did decrease carryout stocks, but maybe not as much as was needed to drive prices higher. Right. So it was just like what even the numbers they put out really show that maybe prices should have went up, but they went down. And I think the biggest reason why they went down is the continued weather weather market in the U.S. with the forecast, what's happened the last two weeks with some rain and uh what did I say, less uh, stressful temperatures for the corn and soybean crops, even the hard red spring crop. I don't know. Our our crops might be a little bit stressed at this point. We were getting too much rain. Well, certain areas here definitely are getting lots of rain. And uh, Do you think the continued, I guess, like economy and inflation rate is also keeping a cap on our markets? Well... That's such a hard one because if you look at how the stock markets have done, you know, they were getting up a big high and then they mm-hmm. they didn't seem to be that affected by uh, U.S. continued increasing interest rates to put a cap on inflation, trying to cut back inflation. And they're, you know, getting some real economic talk here, but they are talking about increasing interest rates still more, maybe a couple more times to slow down inflation. So that should be a negative for our markets. But it's a truly hard one to quantify when it comes to the commodity markets. So really, right now, the way we're sitting, is there's actually more news that would be considered supportive of the market. Because we also had a lot of news coming out of Ukraine and Russia this week. Well, a lot more bombing of, of infrastructure. 
It started right out Monday. They were both bombing each other, you know. Finally, you Russia or Ukraine's fighting back, bombing a bunch of the Russian grain and And I think it was Wednesday or Thursday that you wrote about Turkey trying to intervene and get the Black Sea Trade Agreement back on board. But at this point, there's so much damage that it would it even be worth it? How much could they export out of the Ukraine if they did put that agreement back in place? Nobody really knows. And they, in uh, the Turkish president, that was probably a big feather in his cap that he was looking good to the West and to Russia because he kind of plays both sides of that fence, I think, <laughs> even though they are a NATO member. And they, uh, so that one didn't really seem to go any very far. And this morning, it's reported that Ukraine's got a safe passage way through the Black Sea. They're using their navy to clear mines and to say they're going to pro- protect vessels going through but I can't seem to find out is it vessels that are in the ports now or vessels that were sitting in the Black Sea waiting to be filled or and were filled and couldn't get out and what quantity <laughs> the biggest thing about all the news out of Russia and the Ukraine it just does not affect our markets now the markets yeah. have turned a blind eye Do you remember to like a year ago and like one little tiny shred of news would come and all of a sudden the markets go up or down. And, oh. And now it's like, you know what? We don't care anymore. We've, we've gotten off the roller coaster. You guys can continue to ride it, but we're not interested. Well, that's that's it. They're, they're riding the roller coaster in the war zone every day. And Absolutely. Our commodity markets have just turned their back on it. Pretty much. Because you can... We give you lots of fundamental reasons why, say, like wheat should be up. But Russia's continued to supply wheat to the world. And I don't know how much of that's flowing through the Black Sea, but Russia's getting wheat out. And that, and they're, like, I even read that there was concerns that if Ukraine kept bombing Russia infrastructure, they wouldn't be able to get all their wheat out from this year's harvest. And they were coming off the record last year that they still had wheat left over from. So, Who's to know? It's like, remember we said Russia is the new China. The market will trade with some of the information coming out from it, but you can never, you can't trust the information. So Russia is the new China, but China is still there. So what's going on with China? Oh, lots of news in China this week. They had a bunch of poor, weak economic data out of China. So it was just, their their numbers aren't good. They didn't have very good weather news coming out of China either, did they? Yeah, their economy's slowing down a lot more than what they thought. They actually restated export data and the whole idea. They made it worse with the whole idea probably is that when they announce, like, say, six months from now that it's up, it will look so much better. But anyhow, yeah. (laughs) Is that how it works, Jeff? (laughs) Yeah, you restate so your futures look better, you know. Put the past worse and the future looks better. Oh, dear. So, yeah, the USDA did decrease Chinese wheat production estimates for this year in their report today. So there has been a lot of wet weather in China. There's been talk how much it's affecting their growing crops. But, again, we'll, we never know when they just make some wild estimates, guesstimates, I think, on from the USDA side on Chinese production. But there was some positive out of China. Uh China has per- been pretty steady purchaser the last couple of weeks of uh, new crop soybeans out of the U.S. So that's definitely positive for uh, for soybean prices going forward. And also, there's you know question marks in China or in the market. China was one of the largest or the largest purchaser of corn from the Ukraine, and I heard numbers anywhere from 14 to 20 million tons over the year. 
And now if Ukraine can't get that out. Where are they going to turn? Where are they, are they going to turn to Brazil or are they going to turn to the U.S.? And this week it was even, so Brazil's been dominating the export market. For sure. They've had a record crop this year and their prices have been lower. But now, like I just read today, how their prices are getting more in line with the, the U.S., so they don't have that huge of a price advantage. And probably as U.S. gets into harvest, the price advantage will revert back to the U.S. Yeah. So that's a, a positive that way. So where did we actually end up for the week here? Oh, wait, we haven't said that. So uh, corn was down $2 for this week. Still negative. Last week, corn lost like $15. Soybeans were down $7 across the board this week. Last week, they were down uh, $20 to $30, old new crop. Wheat prices, spring wheat was down like $3. Last week it was down $27. And winter wheat was down like $3 again. And last week it was down $27. So the wheat markets lost $30 in two weeks. So you're telling me, Jeff, I left for one week and you guys let the markets drop that much? That's unbelievable. Yeah, I, th I, th <laughs> I think you were gone three weeks. I don't know. I can't remember what it's. Uh... So really, you remember we, we talked earlier about the weather forecast in the U.S. or what's happening for weather in the U.S. So that's driving, you know, that's driving the markets down. That's the biggest thing right now, I think, is driving the markets down, that the analysts are thinking the crops are getting better. The crop ratings are increasing for corn and soybeans in the U.S. They widely expected increase again on Monday. They're good, excellent ratings. The, the widespread rain events or, you know, it's and those non-stressful temperatures are just letting the crops get better. And now many analysts are thinking yields are increasing now, not decreasing. So and, that's a big de negative on the market. And if you, if you revert back to historical data, this time of year coming into harvest is the point in time where things start falling off because there's going to be a big influx of supply to the market, right? Yep. Remember, rain makes grain. That's and right. They've got the rains now. They get some moderate or they get some heat to go with the rain. Yeah. And it's kind of funny on the negative side for that. I actually uh, listened to one report today and they were talking about chances of early frost through the oh, corn belt. Let's not talk about that. I was just like, I kind of laugh. Let's just say you have to laugh for talking about that. Oh, I was like, yeah, if they no. get an early frost. We get an early frost. We'll be hurting too. So yeah, we will. We won't worry about that. So locally, what's going on locally? Well, we got a couple loads of wheat today, but not a whole lot. Well, the winter wheat harvest is continuing, but it's continuing around the rain events. Absolutely. Spring wheat, I think, will be very dependent on weather I've, I've heard of some guys that have already sprayed their spring wheat. oh yeah it's just around the corner as soon as uh, we get a nice stretch spring wheat's going to be flying off absolutely so and so far in the wheat there you've had good yields reported good yields and good quality good quality yeah absolutely good quality even had a buyer from uh where's this guy based now out of uh montreal actually works at montreal in toronto i don't know where more so and he had he even told me he said i that his numbers were showing that the wheat in eastern Ontario was the top wheat this year again wow, for quality. You, you know, it, uh, of course he didn't buy it in front of me, but he was like, that's... Well, then he, I think he should put his money where his mouth yeah, is. Yeah, that's if what I was thinking. it's the best quality, then you need to pay up for yeah, it. Yeah, so wheat looks good. Let's hopefully we'll get the weather and everything will proceed. 
over the next two weeks, we can get a lot of this done. So. Absolutely. Well, I thank everyone for tuning in and listening to our weekly uh, podcast market update here. If anyone does need some service on the weekend, then give us a call. Um, other than that, we will uh, wish you a very good weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Talk to everybody next week. Have a good one. Bye for now.